This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Back in December, I attended the Cascadia Music Summit in Boise, Idaho. The goal of the conference was to share ideas on what Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and Alaska could learn from each other and how we can collaborate more. Coming up in the next episode of this podcast, I'll share a conversation I had with independent musicians on their advice on how to work smarter together on shoestring budgets. But first, I want to share two moments from the conference that stood out to me around mental health and the emotional roller coaster of touring. First up is Dessa. Cut my hair, take my chest down. A woman on her own must be from out of town. Funny, you don't know the concessions that you're making until you catalog them. And by then, they're many. And your battle hardened heat makes liquid of the asphalt. Keepsakes and parking tickets on the dashboard. I'm here to file my report as the vixen of the wolf pack. Till patient zero, he can have his rib back. Dessa is a rapper, singer, and writer, and overall fascinating human. She once wrote an album after working with neuroscientists to try to get her to fall out of love with her ex. She even has a TED Talk about it. Here's a poem she read at the conference that is a must-listen. This was written during the pandemic. I had walked underneath a bridge and heard for one moment the sound of reverb echoing from the inside of the concrete shell and stopped in my tracks and got really emo because I was like, I used to live in that sound. It had been so long during the pandemic since I had been in a space that was loud enough to have that echo. I wrote this poem reflecting on what I wasn't, I wasn't sure if my time in the music industry would start again, as all of us weren't. And um, this is an instructional guide on how to live a life in music called How to Stage Dive. It's your first open mic Speak and sing more slowly than feels natural. Time moves differently up here, and it always will. Accept every performance you are offered. When you get a plain envelope with some cash in it, pay a little bit of tax anyway. The humblest shows at coffee shops or rec centers will be the most important of your career because the shy kid in the back grows up to work for Warner. Arrive on time, even if the headliner is late. Don't eat or drink anything expensive backstage unless you are explicitly invited to. Stand by the merch booth after the show. If you played well and you have a Sharpie in your hand, it will occur to somebody to ask for an autograph, and then a line will form. Carry reserves of aspirin, allergy medicine, and hot sauce. This habit will double your value to the touring party. No one is named Hey Sound Man. Thank you, Nish. Do not trash the green room. Little clubs are owned by the same people who own big clubs, and you will have to come back to Omaha someday. Hire people that you trust. Keyboard can be learned. Character cannot. Yes, a grilled cheese sandwich can be made with the hotel iron. Do it once, and then get over it. The grease is f***ing up everybody's clothes. (laughs) Help load in the heavy gear. The band will notice and talk about it when you are not around. Your van will be robbed. Bring the merch cash and your laptop inside every single night. When your name is on the marquee, take a picture. You're allowed to. Perform at least one song very well during sound check because the bartenders are listening and they are the viceroys here with the ear of the booker whose pen signs your checks. White shirts show sweat rings. Tight stripe confuse the TV cameras. We all wear black for a reason. (laughs) Invite the openers to help themselves to the cheap beers. Save the good stuff for your people. 
Pick a city where you have a strong draw, preferably a sellout. Towards the end of the set, play your second biggest song, ask the band to loop the outro, walk to the edge of the stage, lift your arms and take a small step that puts your toes just over the edge. The front two rows are close enough to see what you are thinking already. Rock back twice in time with the music to prime them and then jump. Land on your back, on their bed of palms. You will not feel weightless. You will feel the full heft of your grown body muscled up to the light by drunk people of varying heights. <laughs> and you will want to lift your head to look back at your band, your friends on stage to say, this is crazy. <laughs> Or come and join me. But you don't have time for that. Because now you have to focus. Look up at the ceiling, the light trusses, the calcified smoke. Feel the fingers curl around your ankles. Listen to the voices below coordinating your safe passage and make yourself into a battery to store some of this feeling because it is the currency of your life. And it is only ever dispensed this way. Sandblasted. And there will be some years, some months, where you will receive no payments at all. And you will need to draw on this reserve of elation and arrogance, and selfishness, and selflessness, and communion, where your friends buy dogs and houses. You can't steer, really. The crowd just sets you back on stage when it is time. That was Dessa speaking at the Cascadia Music Summit in Boise, Idaho. She'll be performing at the Crocodile in Seattle on Sunday, January 14th. And someone else whose words couldn't leave my head during the Cascadia Music Summit was from Aaron Myers. He's a jazz artist and is executive director for the D.C. Commission of Arts and Humanities. He had some really powerful things to say about getting access to health care and mental health services as a musician and added to this idea of why coming home after touring is so hard emotionally. Here's his answer after being asked what can be done to support artists financially as well as mentally and emotionally. In D.C., Uh, the Office of Creative Affairs partnered with George Washington to do a thing called Care for Creatives. Mm. And it's a mental health thing. Uh, Georgetown has a, I believe, a clinical social work department. They're required to have so many hours. Every teaching hospital is required to do so many hours. And they were falling short of being able to meet those hours. Every hospital in every city, every university that has this program does has this problem. So they decided to pair up with the Office of Creative Affairs to actually reach out to artists so that they could get the mental health support that they needed. I took advantage of that mm -hmm. during uh, the pandemic. I had forgotten when the pandemic hit, I was scheduled, I was supposed to headline a festival in Normandy, France. And that week, everything went to hell. And um, over the next month, as an artist, it dawned on me that I did not know how to rehearse. I had been rehearsing for gigs, for people, for recordings, for events, for so on and so forth. But I had forgotten what made my heart sing as an artist. I did it because I just did it. And I was forced to sit alone. And I went through Care for Creatives. And we did a, it was a, uh, a Use Smart Goals, a six-week course. And I had to sit in front of my piano after doing meditation and, a, and exercise and not touch it until I felt something inclined me to do so. And from that exercise came the Pride album. And, you know, the Pride album it has done considerably well, at least in the jazz world. I know it's overwhelming thinking of the things that we're going through together. 
together right now. And I think that when we we are trying to understand how to support the humanity of artists, this is what we're discussing around here. We we talk about we we say so casually. We want to get like the 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 minimum wage or being able to pay artists. This is the humanity. I have been in rooms where I have seen a hundred thousand dollars be raised in ten minutes for this, that, and the other but I don't get my check for six weeks and no one asks me how I'm paying my rent or the mental anguish that goes with not being able to know if you can get your teeth cleaned. Yeah. Or for heaven's sake, I'm single in 40 and I'm single in 40 because I knew as an artist I could not afford a partner and or a child. While I saw other people do it, you never, the argument is you'll never be able to afford children. That's what the, argue, the true argument is. But I knew that it was, would not be fair. I know the stress I dealt with trying to afford myself yeah. and the mental anguish that goes with that. The, I'm a veteran, if I, hand, hands to God. If I was not a veteran of the United States Army and have access to healthcare, I would not have been able to be a full-time artist all these years. Anytime I've gotten sick, I need to go to the emergency room or need some medication at a very reduced rate or a comparable rate, I've been able to go to a VA, given I get sick in a, in a city where there is a VA. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So we in government, if some of you knew the roadblocks to get the access and care and the finances and the money so that we get this money to you to support you from a public uh, point of view, you, you, would, you really would appreciate the work. I newly appreciate the work of those who sit in my seat now, or beforehand, of what they had to go to to get the grants out the door. But we in government, and you as the population, need to demand from your council people, your legislators, your, your governor, uh, your mayors, you need to demand that the, the humanity of artists is considered. It wasn't until the pandemic that being a musician or an artist was considered an insurable source of employment. It's the first time we ever got unemployment insurance. One of the reasons why we look at tours with mixed bags, you just got off a tour, right? Something you said I caught on to, you said for the next two months, you don't know, you know, not that you don't know what you're gonna do, but you're not gonna be doing anything. Do you know the type of depression that comes with leaving a tour? It is PTSD. It's, it's the, the exact same equivalent of having a racing train that abruptly stops. And you have to make sense of your life. The last tour that I went, went on, I was on tour in Russia during the, pan, during the invasion. And it took me three months to get my mind together again. And I reached out to partners to say, you may not understand what I'm going through, but I need some support and help. The reason why you have artists that do drugs and hard drugs, drugs, I can tell you there is no other feeling that matches after you just completed a show and you actually connected with your audience. And then you go home alone and no one understands what you just felt. That is heavy. I have lived it. And then to go home sometimes alone by yourself, you are, you're trying to find something to fill that gap. 
And then on top of that, if you just connected with this great audience of sometimes a thousand people or more, and you get home and you still are broke, or you don't have the options to eat what you would just like to eat, or you don't feel well, but you don't know if you can go to the doctor, but you just made thousands of people connect and fall in love again and grieve and feel good and celebrate. It's the humanity that we're charged. We're charged with making sure that we do not forget humanity. That's what our jobs are. That's our jobs. That was Aaron Meyer speaking at the Cascadia Music Summit. Coming up at the next Sound and Vision, we'll hear more from independent musicians who went to the conference and how to make things work on a shoestring budget and working smarter together. And there are so many resources that artists can share that are zero dollars and zero cents where somebody is a great photographer. And I say, I am a lousy photographer. Will you take my press shot? I am a very good writer and you can't write. I will write your bio. And then you've made a really natural exchange. And if somebody's got that press list, yo, offer to drive on their next tour. That's coming up on the next Sound and Vision. And hey, before we go, if you like what you hear in this podcast, please give it some extra love. Take a moment and subscribe to this feed, rate this podcast, and review it in your podcast app. Those things go a long way in helping spread the word about this show. You can also financially support what Sound and Vision does by donating $20 to the show at kexp.org sound. Thanks for listening. Double jointed, triple thread. I'm not some method actress trying to see my, my descent. You're going to have to play the tape backwards. Save that breath for choir practice. Got no time for my detractors. Standing on my staircase, all you are is a fire hazard. <laughs>